Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine, the fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Hi guys, welcome to the e-commerce growth show. And I'm really excited to introduce you a guy called Josh Duggan. Josh has eight years experience in paid media and is one of the co-founders of a digital marketing agency called Vivant, established in 2017. Vivant is a 10-man team based in London, focused on as a paid media agency, covering all paid channels, and is also an e-commerce consultancy with a focus on replatforming and e-commerce technology. Hey, Josh. Hi, Phil. Thank you very much for uh, having me. Not at all. It's great to have you here. Um, just to um, start start things off, how did you end up in PPC? Yeah, so interesting question. So I began working in PPC about eight years ago. Um, so yeah. I joined a company called Essence, who at the time had a really good kind of technology offering. They had a lot of developers. They had loads of kind of sophistication around yeah. proprietary technology and tools. And their biggest selling point for me was they worked with Google. And mm. um, part of the job was kind of like working on the Google account, which um, wow. uni was kind of like a great opportunity. And mm. um, I basically spent a year in a graduate scheme, like rotating between different departments. And mm. the biggest department was media buying. And um, essentially, you would kind of like negotiate different rates with publishers. Uh, get taken out to loads of kind of like lunches. I uh, got taken to Paris. Um, nice. Some of the more senior people got taken on like ski holidays and stuff. It was brilliant. Yeah. And, um, out of 14 grads, 12 obviously chose the media buying role. And um, yeah. me, myself, and one other chose the PPC biddable position. And um, right. the reason basically was just for, that one, there was a lot of talk that kind of like programmatic was becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And um, I knew that the PPC kind of biddable skills would have been pretty beneficial as the mm -hmm. industry moves that way. And also, mm -hmm. it's just like there's limitless opportunity with biddable in terms of how you optimize, like you'll immediately see a return on investment. Uh, if you make any changes, mm -hmm. you immediately kind of reap the rewards. And there was just a lot more you could do, um, as opposed to kind of media buying roles where you was a bit more restricted in terms of how much you could change. And um, yeah, it's like a really what does that interest? What does what does? I was just going to say, what does programmatic mean? So, so programmatic is essentially the um, like the science of buying media automatically. So, it's actually been around, oh, wow. um, you know, since like probably over the last ten years or so. So, the GDN was like an early example of uh, programmatic buying, but it's what it means now is normally using like a DSP for your ad buys. And um, essentially it allows you to pull in like third party data and yes, yeah, right. a bit more sophisticated. But um, mm, fair enough. interesting. quick, quick summary would be rather than calling up channel four and negotiating a rate, you would buy the inventory um, online in an auction. So you remove all of kind of the costs around staff and it's a lot fairer where you, you bid in an auction model. All right, interesting, thanks man. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of how I how I started in PPC, and then I began mm -hmm. freelancing about five years ago, I say, and yeah. um, and then just kind of as that grew, um, we saw kind of a, a nice niche where 
there was a lot of mid-sized retailers who didn't really have a good, um, you know, like good day-to-day managers on their account. So we try to focus mm-hmm. on building an agency with like mm-hmm. senior day-to-day people who service those mid-sized retailers. Right. That's very interesting. So as a kind of an opening topic question, if you like, um, what would you say are the kind of most important things to know and to be doing with regards to Google shopping? Perfect. Yeah. So I'll start off with this, I guess, with like the basic principles and then go in kind of some of the more advanced techniques. And if I say anything kind of like confusing or which doesn't make sense, um, just yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. The main thing to know initially, so Google Shopping works very differently to text ads. So you don't target keywords and you don't bid at a keyword level. So this can cause kind of a lot of issues and concerns for retailers. So what happens is Google scrape your product feed and then they will serve the products which they think are relevant to a user's search query. Um, But as a result, you can end up appearing on kind of a wide range of terms which don't convert too well. And the biggest issue is that you don't bid for a term someone's searching. So if someone, I guess the easiest example would be, say for example, Adidas. Mm-hmm. Someone searching for Adidas Ultra Boost trainers is a lot more likely to buy than someone searching for trainers. Yeah. And uh, in the historical landscape, so with keywords, you would obviously increase your bid for the Adidas Ultra Boost term and reduce your bid for trainers. Um, but with the shopping structure, you're, you're kind of unable to do that. So the way the industry's moved is to kind of try and kind of use sophisticated logic and kind of like scripts to basically filter certain search terms into certain campaigns. And then that will allow you to adjust your bid based for, based on certain terms and kind of adjust what products are serving. If that- Why can't you do that though, like in the shopping side of it that's a very interesting question and basically over the last kind of like five years google have moved away from that keyword level targeting and um they're introducing a huge amount of like audience-led data so i think they're slowly trying to compete a bit more kind of in the display space um and with against kind of like facebook where that takes a big part of media spend Mm -hmm. Uh, they're trying to kind of like offer a service which is a lot more automated so there's the introduction of smart shopping and a lot more sophistication around kind of people's income their age their gender their um, based um Mm -hmm. so yeah they've just slowly reducing the control for advertisers and trying Mm -hmm. to push it more towards automation wow so yeah it's quite an interesting place to be in but Mm -hmm. um and then just to give like a bit of context around how you might kind of optimize these shopping campaigns. So I'll stick with the Adidas example. So mm-hmm. the most basic example is you would have two versions of each shopping campaign. So you would have a branded shopping campaign and a non-brand. And then in your non-brand campaign, you add Adidas as a phrase match negative to that campaign. So the generic campaign can't appear on any term what contains Adidas. And then you would also add in all of the product terms as well. So say Stan Smith's um, ultra boosts, um, you know, like, uh, predators, you know, anything else, which is Adidas related. Um, mm. and then in your branded campaign, you would roll out a number of kind of, uh, scripts or automation, which basically would add in every search term, which doesn't include Adidas or the product name as a negative. And then right. over time, you've got two campaigns, one campaign, which only serves 
on Adidas terms or product terms, and then another campaign which only appears on generics. Okay. And then hopefully you can start to see that in your Adidas campaign, you would probably increase your bids, you know, where users know what they're searching for, they're more likely to convert. And then in your generic campaign, you would probably begin adjusting what products serve. So if someone searches for trainers, you'd probably want to serve something more generic, you know, like the Stan Smith. Uh, You might want to focus more on return visitors. Um, You might want to focus more on specific times in the day, specific devices, and it just gives you a lot more control over how you're optimizing your shopping. So rather than just having one campaign where you've got the same bid for every single query, this allows you to have two campaigns where you adjust for bids based on how likely someone is to convert. Wow. Have I, it sounds, have I explained yeah. that okay? Yeah, no, completely. I mean, um, it sounds, I mean, is this being something that's been going on for a long time then? Like kind, this kind of. So I'd say um, it's been around in the industry kind of like for a good two to three years. Um, wow. But based on kind of, how often we audit accounts and how much we look at retailers. It's only really been picked up in the last year or so. And uh, I'd say in general, most retailers yeah. should be doing this. Like this is kind yeah. of um, more of yeah. a basic approach now. And I guess the more advanced strategies would be around, so say you're a luxury retailer, it might yeah. be if you've got a limited budget, it might be that your script essentially says we're going to add in every search term what triggers our adverts as a negative unless it contains certain terms so if you're mm. a luxury brand you might just want to appear on uh cashmere luxury fine knit organic cotton you know kind of like mm. all of these terms and yeah. then you're automatically adding in everything else as a negative and mm. the reason i mentioned negative so much is so we audited mm. um account a couple of months ago and the top spending search term, so the search, what was spending the most amount in the uh, yeah. was Ferrari. And right. it was triggering a toy car Ferrari. <laughs> you imagine most people searching Ferrari are just going to be looking yeah. you know, for images um, of the actual car. And yeah. I'd say, Google, yeah, Google's pretty generous with what terms it shows your ads to. So you just want to be kind of like super... Um, yeah. on top of and just being able to control that as much as possible absolutely so what they when they were like doing the ferrari one was that for the actual car or what was what were they yeah. actually trying to you know Wouldn't, get? yeah so uh, i guess unfortunately you don't know the intent behind it but it was just simply for the term ferrari and um and you know based yeah. on a low conversion rate yeah, uh, realistically, you'd you'd add that as a negative, but there's there's like hundreds of other things. So that's kind of the most yeah. basic example that brand and non-brand split. Um, yeah, a lot yeah. of, kind of like, is, that, is that all driven because of this change? You know that Google's doing. Yeah, basically. pretty much. To be honest, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, yeah before shopping was around, you would you know mm-hmm. you you would adjust your bids on the keyword, and you would know that the the lower funnel, as they're called, and kind of the more uh, specific terms convert better and you would increase the bid but yeah Google kind of reduced that um yeah ability yeah. but likewise i guess another example it depends what industry you're in but we've we've done yeah. a lot of work with kind of watch retailers and sunglasses mm-hmm. and a lot of consumers when they're ready to buy they just search for model number mm-hmm. if you imagine you go on yeah. kind of like to ray-ban's website you if i can remember the code i think it's like rb5664 
yeah. is like one of the product uh, model numbers. A lot yeah. of people will search that in Google. Um, mm -hmm. When people are searching that, you want to have a high bid. So, you know, you want, you want yeah. to make sure you've got these strategies in place to make sure you're upweighting on those terms. But then when someone yeah. searches just sunglasses, you yeah. probably want to have a lower bid. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting place. And uh, there's like, yeah, as I mentioned at the beginning, kind of like Google are moving a lot of the advertising capability away from the advertiser. And they're, they're rolling out a lot of automation. Um, yeah, they're trying to kind of like reduce the data that advertisers see as well. So in a new shop, well, relatively new shopping campaign type called smart shopping, they yeah. optimize everything for you. And you don't, yeah. you're not able to see that search term data. So where yeah. I mentioned that Ferrari example, with yeah. smart shopping, you can't see that. So um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of, yeah, very dynamic industry, lots, lots changing. So uh, absolutely, yeah, it sounds really interesting, man. And you, you know, you mentioned scripts and things like that. Yeah. Are they things that you build, like pro pro proprietary type script type yeah, stuff that you build? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, um, we've got an in-house developer. We use right. a couple of kind of contract developers as well. But yeah, yeah script, scripts are uh, essentially a, an automated way to make mm. decisions based on any data source. So I guess like one example is, um, here's a good example of Google Shopping actually. So say you sell men's, I always do this, uh, Ultra Boost trainers in size yeah. 10. Uh, say your yeah. size eight goes out of stock, your size yeah. 11 would probably start serving in its place. But the issue right. is that when you search uh, Ultra Boost in Google, you don't always see the size where the uh, the title gets truncated. So you don't really see what size it is. So right. what you often see is people click the size 11. They'll realize the most commonly purchased size 8 or 9 is out of stock and then bounce. Mm -hmm. So we built a script which essentially says when the most common sizes are out of stock and mm -hmm. the other sizes begin to serve too much and obviously don't convert too well, we'll get an email alert. And then we just know it, know to go into that account and, you know, either reduce the bid, pause the SKU, uh, and just check what's going on. So yeah, for a couple of clients, we even send those alerts to the client and then they kind of get, they double check and yeah. say, um, yeah, so we work with one, they're like a luxury sports, uh, multi-brand retailer based in London and they sell a lot of high end woman's yoga clothes and yeah. if if the small and mediums are out of stock you really mm -hmm. don't need you know like the extra large is serving so uh no. yeah, we, we kind yeah. of like custom built that tool for them uh cool yeah that's that's kind of just an example of that, that yeah, yeah. how it works no, that's, that's really interesting and uh, like you said it sounds like you work quite tightly with the brands that you serve on either doing that stuff for them or kind of with them right yeah, definitely. So I think one of our like differentiators is where where we do have an, an e-commerce consultancy offering where mm -hmm. we try and be like really ingrained in their business. So all of right. our team have got access to their e-commerce platforms. Uh, all of us can like make our way around Magento and Shopify, slowly mm -hmm. e-commerce as, uh, as, as we're kind of getting more used to that. But like we've all got access yeah. to clients, ESPs, and, you know, can kind of like push yeah. that data through into... Um, Facebook and Google. So yeah, we're, I guess just where we've got a bit more of a broader understanding of e-com, we try and make, yeah. make use of that and just be really ingrained into what the business is doing. And, you know, even though, even the like multi-channel piece, like how are the stores doing? What do the yeah. stores sell? Do we need to take that into account in online? Um, yeah. 
you know, yeah, just like what data can we use, basically. Yeah, completely. I suppose it's interesting you mentioned about the the sizes and particularly where there's a brand at stake, you know, some with an XL getting served, um, you know, XL clothing when they're a small or something like that. I mean, yeah. it's not going to be very good for the brand. Um, and it's interesting how that kind of overlaps into the world of general personalization, you know, um, where it would be the same sort of thing on site if you're you're wanting to optimize experience wow. for each customer. Yeah, exactly. Thing in it, you know? So we actually, um, funny you mention that. So we actually do for all of our Shopify clients, we've yeah. um, we've got an automated report which essentially is a stock um, download, but it not only shows the prop- the proportion of sales per size, also yeah. returns rate. And um, okay. you know, quite often you'll see a certain size gets returned more than others. And you know, yeah. just some good data which they probably wouldn't look at themselves. So um, yeah. yeah, stock yeah. and sizing is like really interesting. Loads of brands beyond pay, yeah. just in e-com, loads of brands are doing cooler kind of like sizing guides um, to reduce those returns numbers. So I think that's a pretty interesting yeah. space which looks like it's uh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that is really interesting stuff. Um, I mean, what would you, if you were to give some sort of quick tips um, some teasers, you know, for the listeners. What what would you what would you say today? Yeah, lovely. Uh, that's actually one of my interview questions when I interview people is kind of like what are the what are the five quickest things you would do when looking at an account? But, yeah. Um, I guess so. So as we've mentioned, so you don't bid at a um, for a keyword or a search term. So the most important thing you want to look at is uh-huh. that search term data and look at where you're spending your budget. So in the example of the Ferrari account, mm-hmm. that search term would want to be negative straight away. So it's, yeah. um, it's and you, you also kind of want to look at the proportion of spend that you're spending on non-converting search terms. So if sure. you're spending the, a large proportion of your budget on terms that don't convert, you mm-hmm. probably want to look at, you know, like rebuilding your account, looking at your product feed. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's another thing as well. So look at your product feed. So you want to, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you've got the the terms that you want to appear on need to be in your product data. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're that luxury brand I mentioned, make sure you've got all of those organic and luxury and cashmere terms in your product description just to really mm-hmm. help you serve against queries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also want to make sure your product title kind of reflects what people are searching for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like industry best practice for product titles. Um, but just going back to the the main advice, so you have a search term report would be priority one and then Mm -hmm. priority two would be looking at your products, which are spending the budget. So ideally your shopping structure would break out individual products so that you bid at a product level. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously you want to, you know, performance will differ between, um, different categories and different products. Mm -hmm. Um, so ideally, all of your product groups will have individual products, so you can adjust the bids. But if not, uh, you want to go into your dimensions report in AdWords, mm-hmm. which is, is basically the same as your product performance report in Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you all of your aggregated SKU performance. So it'll show yeah. you what's your top spending SKU and what's the uh, you know return mm-hmm. on it. And essentially, you want to filter by cost and make sure that your top spending SKU is not only driving a good return, uh, but mm. it's also a skew that you want to be serving. Uh, yeah. It's like it's good margin. Uh, you've yeah. got a lot of stock, you know, all of those things. And I guess conversely, you would also want to filter by revenue. And then the, the SKUs that are driving the revenue and have got a good ROI, you mm. want to make sure that you are 
bidding enough for those. So if, you, if you've got a good ROI and a lot of revenue, but a low CPC, that essentially tells you that you should be, you know, spending more. Uh, you would look at your impression share to tell you, you know, how often you're serving against queries. But if you've got a low impression share and a good return on investment, that's a big flag that you're not spending enough on that on that product. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's hundreds of, I guess, just like to name some off. So yeah, the product feed's a big one. Um, yeah. as well, the, I guess, I guess just quickly to mention actually what might be interesting for your, your listeners is, um, mm-hmm. so Google recently announced, so when you search in Google shopping and mm-hmm. you click in the shopping tab, that's now going to be free organic listings. So okay. Google are slowly trying, well, it's just like, it's a one step move to trying to compete with Amazon, uh, in terms yeah. of having kind of low access uh, low barriers to entry for retailers yeah. obviously they've got google actions in the us where you check out in google so uh, they're slowly yeah. trying to compete with amazon more and a big thing for the uk so it's, it's already mm-hmm. live in the us uh when it comes to the uk you want to make sure that you've essentially got an opportunity to drive free traffic which was previously paid for so optimizing your product feed making mm-hmm. sure you've got all of those you know the title reflects best practice your description's well built out yeah. Making sure that work's all done will could be pretty valuable for your business. So um, yeah, product feeds definitely kind of a good a good thing to be looking at uh, as Google are making that shift in the UK. Absolutely, that sounds really interesting. I know I know you mentioned it sort of earlier, but what 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 is the general overarching? I mean, obviously you know from your world what Google's kind of trying to ultimately do. Is yeah. is it is it is it basically like you say to take on Amazon, take on Facebook. Is that basically what they're doing? Then you have to like adapt to that as a as I, an agency serving yeah, your customers, you know what I mean? I guess so, to be honest. I think it's it's easier to see with Facebook what they what their worries are. So kind of their their concerns are um you know the percentage of spend that goes to Facebook on a media plan. So Facebook have invested loads in like new ad formats, um, yeah. you know, uh, Facebook 360 uh, you know, you've got TikTok coming in as yeah, a big yeah. player. You've got Snapchat. So Facebook's mm-hmm. whole kind of strategy of the last two years has been geared around improving the measurement. So they've got loads of like incrementality testing, which they've mm-hmm. rolled out. Um, they've re- released Facebook Analytics, which essentially is the same as GA, but a lot more accurate audience data. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite easy to see what Facebook are doing. They're just basically improving mm-hmm. the service for advertisers. Right. Um, and yeah. try to make it more interesting for consumers. So just like, you know, offering new ad formats. Google is yeah. much harder to to kind of define. So I can't really understand the move behind reducing advertisers' capability. So, yeah. so for example, actually, there's a lot of backlash recently where uh, Google can't... They, so there's a optimization score in Google and mm-hmm. uh, basically agencies are given kind of a partner badge if all campaigns and accounts hit a certain level of that optimization score. Mm-hmm. And they've basically enforced that that optimization score needs to include a lot of their automation. Mm-hmm. And that got a lot of backlash where Google don't have access to your, your store data. So mm-hmm. they're not able to optimize if products in store are doing well. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they don't understand, not yet anyway, the capability of if you're going to be going into sale, what products to be upweighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. They don't, and let, you can break it out yourself, but they don't have the profit margin data, um, yeah. you know, and things like that. So, 
Yeah, I can't I can't fully understand why they're pushing the automation route. I think in general, like machine yeah. learnings makes yeah. sense. Like a lot of our clients use automated bidding um, yeah. and things like that. But my only worry is when they take full control is, mm. you know, some of that stock and profit margin stuff's yet not yet a consideration. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's a very interesting place to be in. As I said, I think Facebook's mm. quite easy to see that they're, yeah. they basically want consumers to keep engaging with ads, you know, and that's why we've got so many new ad formats. Um, yeah. And yeah, Google, I guess their, their bigger bigger threat is Amazon. And Google Actions is probably the mm. biggest case of that, you know, where it's the one uh, yeah. you know, check out on yeah. Google in the US. Yeah. Are they going to do that then in over here? Um, I guess so. Yeah. Like, um, it's gone quite, I haven't heard much news on it recently, to be honest. Obviously, Facebook and Instagram are releasing the their native checkouts. Um, so it only really oh, makes right. sense for Google mm. to be doing it. Yeah. But I think there's, their yeah. reporting's nowhere near as good as AdWords. So it's, um, it's still a bit behind where it needs to be. Right. Very interesting. Well, I mean, I must admit, a lot of that for me was completely brand new. Um, sounds like you've really got to be on the crest of the wave, like with what's going on out there, particularly with, with Google and what you were talking about in, in this chat so far. Um, I mean, tell us just may, maybe how guys can get in touch with you if, uh, if they're interested in finding out more about this. Yeah, great. So our, um, our, Vivant, uh, sorry, our website is vivant.com. So it's spelled mm-hmm. V-E-R-V-A-U-N-T.com. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, we're kind of, we're quite a small team. There's 10 mm-hmm. of us. We're based in Moorgate. Uh, mm-hmm. My email is just josh at vivant.com. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess that's probably the easiest route. Fantastic. And just to sort of finish off from, from my perspective to you, um, I know you've mentioned some brilliant stuff, which in itself sounds very differentiating from my point of view. Um, but obviously, this the kind of world of digital marketing and all this stuff that you've been talking about, um, as it is for anybody, you know, it is, it's a reasonably kind of crowded market. There's a lot of people trying to, um, you know, um, get business. Let's be honest about that. You know, um, yeah, same for myself yeah. as well. Right. Um, so, I mean, on the, on that basis, I mean, how, how do you take everything that you've said and sort of batten it down into maybe a couple of senses that would say, you know, why you, why all the work you've done to build Vivant, you know, from the ground up. Um, would be something that people should really get in touch with you about. Well, what do you think those things are? Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess based on the context of this uh, yeah. podcast initially, so we're we're that we're all specialists in Google Shopping across the team. So we've got a, a, like a good number of proprietary scripts. We're very sophisticated in terms of product feeds. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. We manage all of our client product feeds. We um, we've all got kind of as I mentioned access to e-commerce mm. platforms we understand product mm. data um mm. and things like that we're so all of the team hurt so six of the seven people in paid have got mm. over three years experience so yeah. anyone you work with kind of is a more senior day-to-day mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that you might see elsewhere and mm-hmm. we just try and be kind of really ingrained in the business so we yeah. we'll often have clients come and work from our office in a day we mm always kind of encourage the team to kind of go out to client offices meet all of the team we do a lot of workshops and internal training Uh, we'll always allow clients to meet the account manager that they'll work with so like one of the biggest frustrations we hear is where Mm. account managers change or they meet meet the head of sales and Mm -hmm. then that's not who they work with so my, my main things like 
but this person audited your account. Here's their approach yeah. and here's who you'd work with. And yeah. I, I think that's quite a nice way. Yeah. And just in general, I know I've spoke a lot mm. about shopping, but we're, mm. we're pretty technical and advanced across other channels as well. So we've got a Facebook app, uh, mm-hmm. which essentially is the same as a script in Google. So it would allow us sure. to do any kind of dynamic changes. So say mm-hmm. the frequency gets too high and users keep saying the same advert, it could mm-hmm. dynamically rotate in the next image. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also take into account kind of like any third party data. So say your website mm-hmm. goes offline, uh, it could pause all of the adverts, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. websites aren't going offline these days, but you know, just any kind of yeah. sophisticated uh, automated decision, uh, we can have yeah. that kind of built in for SAP. But it sounds like you're saying around, you know, being very closely aligned with the with the companies that you work with is critical. And I mean, it's something that we're very passionate about as well. Um, we found that actually, you know, as a differentiator, I completely agree with you because, you know, being able to offer a managed service effectively yeah. to our clients as a sort of an op- ongoing optimization service for personalization or all the great stuff you were talking about in terms of the Google shopping side or Facebook, whatever campaigns they're doing. Um it's just that extra level of um, of return, really. I find um, because there there is almost like an extension of their own team working hard for them and very personal, you know. Um, and uh, we're exactly the same like that. And actually, I, I completely agree with you. I find it is absolutely critical now more than ever to be able to provide that kind of service to differentiate from um, you know the the rest of it, if you like. So yeah, um, yeah it's really important. Fantastic. Well. Josh, thank you so much for that. Um, it's no, really, really interesting. Yeah. Thank you very um, much. Well, me. Not at all. Not at all. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, I think there was so much in that um, for myself alone, uh, 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 alone the, the guys listening, um, that I think it would be really wise to actually, you know, get you back on here at some point and, and perhaps go a little bit deeper into one particular area or just have, even get an update on the whole Google shopping side of things and see how things are going. If you haven't done so already and you'd like to keep abreast of all the latest podcasts that will be here on an ongoing basis when they're released and also catch up on any of the previous ones that you might have missed, please register your details at segmentify.com forward slash podcast and we'll be in touch as soon as they become available from the website and all the other usual channels. This has been Phil at Segmentify and you can catch me at phil at segmentify.com if you have any questions, or of course, if you'd like to be part of the show, we're always really keen to uncover more of you great thought leaders out there. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you. Sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider. Set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com demo.